was preaching at a uh, uh, at a meeting, and uh, when I got done preaching, uh, preached uh, like a I don't, I don't remember. I think it was a Sunday through Wednesday, and uh, on Wednesday night after I got done preaching, there was a man in the church came up to me, and uh, he said. Uh, he said, how many do you run in your church? And I said, well, we were, I don't know, maybe 300 or so. And, uh, and he said, uh, uh, well, let me give you an idea about how you could run more. And uh, he started telling me about uh, how if I would back off on my preaching a little bit, then uh, maybe more people would come to our church. And uh, he also told me that, uh, he said, you know how businesses have a casual Friday? He said, you ought to have one Sunday a month, kind of a casual Sunday. And, uh, you know, encourage people to wear uh, uh, casual clothes. And I said, well, we're probably not going to do that. And, uh, and then he started talking to me more about backing off a little. I said, my preaching was too strong. And and uh, I was too, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, too dogmatic about things. And, and I took too hard of a stand on things. And, and uh, I should back off a little bit. And, and uh, I told him that I have learned from reading the scripture that it's not my responsibility to build the church. It's not my responsibility. Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say, I will build your church. And he didn't say, you will build my church. He said, I will build my church. And uh, so anyway, uh, because he, he asked me about that, I thought, well, I'm going to put together a message. And the title is, Why I Preach What I Do. Or maybe I should say, Why I Preach the Way I Do. Uh, maybe that's what it should be. And that's what I want to preach to you tonight, or this morning, uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, I'm going to read one verse here as a text that we'll be uh, using several verses out of these uh, uh, couple chapters, 3 and 4, uh, but I want to read one verse to you th this morning, uh, verse number 2, the Bible says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Verse 3 says, for the time shall come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but shall heap to themselves, uh, to, uh, shall heap, help me out here. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves preach, uh, teachers having itching ears. Uh, and I've been called a lot of things, uh, uh, and I prefer being called a preacher over a teacher. Uh, I was, uh, talking to a, a fellow one time about uh, a new pastor in the area. And, uh, uh, and I said uh, something to him uh, along the lines of uh, uh, how's things going. He said, well, we really like our new preacher. Uh, he's a really good teacher. And I'm thinking, I hope the folks in my church don't uh, describe me as a really good teacher. I want them to describe me as a preacher. Uh, I, don't want, uh, uh, I don't want my folks to think uh, that, uh, uh, that I'm a better teacher than I am a preacher. I want to be a preacher. That's what God's called me to do. Uh, he didn't call me to teach the Word. He called me to preach the Word. And uh, so I want to do that. Uh, and uh, I think there's the right time for that. The Bible says in season, out of season. 
I think there's also a right tone for that. And the tone is reprove, rebuke. And then he says, uh, uh, exhort with all long-suffering. I think there ought to be exhortation. There ought to be reproof. There ought to be rebuke. All that in the preaching. I believe it's the Bible is what counts. Let's preach the Bible. Preach the word, he said. Preach the word. So uh, I want you to know something. I'm very positive about everything in the Bible. I'm even positive about the negatives in the Bible. I hope that makes sense to you. And I don't, I don't plan on softening up or uh, backing down, as he said, back off a little. I don't plan on backing off a little on anything that the Bible says. I want to just preach it the way the Bible tells me. So that's kind of what I'm doing this morning. Uh, I want you to understand something, that our theology uh, determines our philosophy. Philosophy is the what you think about things. And uh, the way you think about things ought to be determined by what the Bible says. So my, philosophy, my theology determines what my philosophy is. If somebody comes up to me and says, Brother Dave, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? I have to tell them what the Bible says about it. Because what I think about it really doesn't matter. What does God say about that issue or whatever it is? Uh, the rest of the world... Uh, uh, turns to whatever's easier. And uh, I don't think the Lord wants Christians to do that. Uh, uh, I got, when I was pastoring, I used to get in the mail all these things about how to double your church in two years and all these little pamphlets and booklets and things telling me how to grow my church and all that. And all of them was recommending that I compromise in some area uh, of the scripture, and I'm, not, I'm just not going to do that. So I found a file 13 for all that kind of literature, and I just piled it in there. And, and uh, uh, So why do we continue, or why do I continue to preach the way I do? Well, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. So he gave some pastors uh, and some uh, evangelists their gifts that were given to the church. And the reason why they were given is for the perfecting of the saints. I looked up the word perfecting there, and it kind of gives the ideal of mending nets. And uh, uh, the perfecting of the saints takes place on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. Uh, we're out fishing for men all week. And as you're fishing, your nets are going to get torn. And uh, they're, the, uh, the, they're going to get stretched and all that kind of stuff. And you come back to church on Sunday uh, to get your nets mended so that you can do what it says next, the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Uh, the work of the ministry takes place through the week when you're out at your job place or you're out uh, around your family and your friends. And uh, that's where we do the work of the ministry is out there. A lot of people think the only time of ministry work is done is in here, but that's not, that's not true. We may do church work here, but the ministry is done out there. So you come in here on Sunday to get your nets mended so that you can go out there and do the work of the ministry. 
And if you'll do the work in the ministry out there like you're supposed to with mended nets that got mended on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, then the Bible says for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. I found a long time ago that if I'll do what I'm supposed to do in mending the nets or perfecting the saints, then they'll do what they're supposed to do, and that's doing the work of the ministry, and then the Lord will edify the church. He'll build the church up. So, why do you preach what you do? Well, we've got several reasons. I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump right in this thing, and uh, I'll try to get you out of here before 2 o'clock. Okay, let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for the uh, good uh, song service that we've enjoyed, and uh, Lord, the good special, and uh, Lord, now it's preaching time. I pray, Lord, that you'll give me the power and the unction uh, that I need to preach the message that you've laid on my heart for this morning. I pray, Father, that you'll bless, uh, uh, Lord, everything that's said, uh, everything that will be said uh, here in the message. I pray, Lord, that uh, you would temper it uh, with the Holy Spirit. I pray that he would guide every thought that I have this morning. And, Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Give us exactly what we need, and we'll thank you ahead of time for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, why, why, Brother Dave, why do you preach what you do? Or why do you preach the way you do? Well, number one, because of the danger of the times. Because of the danger of the times. Of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. In the last days perilous times shall come. So the dangers of the time dictates why I preach what I preach. Uh, I look back in history, uh, just recent history, I uh, got saved uh, in 1972. Uh, I was a kid uh, when I got saved, 12 years old, and uh, I remember back in the 70s, uh, the 70s brought us a social gospel, it brought uh, experimentalism, uh, the charismatics, uh, the true uh, uh, truth from feelings, and uh, words of prophecy, words of knowledge, uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, tell me how you feel about things. Uh, don't preach on sin. Uh, let's just get along with everybody. Uh, don't preach on hell. Uh, that's a, what came about in the 70s. And let me just throw this at you so that uh, there's no mistake about it. We are not a community church. We're a Baptist church. And the Baptists have never fallen for all that stuff, uh, uh, the feel-good things and all that. We just preach the Bible, yeah. preach the Word. Uh, so that was the 70s. The 80s brought us uh, subjectism, uh, kind of uh, uh, man's needs, uh, personal comfort. You know, go around and find out what everybody likes, uh, knock on doors, take a survey in your community, see what uh, everybody likes, and then give them what they like when they come to church, and they'll keep coming. And that happened in the 80s. Uh, personal comfort, uh, that's when we got our padding on our pews and uh, we got, uh, uh, everybody got all their bills paid. The churches grew uh, in the 70s while people were out door knocking and, and uh, uh, propagating the gospel like they ought to. And the churches grew and, and uh, then we got comfortable in the 80s. 
And uh, I don't know if you remember those days or not, but I certainly do. And, and uh, people got comfortable, the bills got paid, the churches got out of debt, and uh, they grew big. And, and uh, man, I tell you, we were having a good time. The problem was uh, we lost our pioneering spirit. We lost the spirit of going out and witnessing in our neighborhoods and in our uh, homes, uh, uh, witnessing to our loved ones. Uh, we lost the spirit to do that. We lost the pioneering spirit during the, the 80s. And then in the 90s came mysticism and uh, the New Age movement and uh, kind of anything goes in church now. And, and uh, that was kind of the way it was in the 90s. And now we come to the 2000s. And in the 2000s, it's all pragmatism. Uh, in other words, uh, uh, we've become a servant to whatever works. Well, if it works, we'll do it. And, uh, uh, man, if you'll do this, you can have a crowd. And if you'll do that, you can have a crowd. And we become pragmatists by uh, we just do whatever we can to uh, whatever works, we'll do it. And we should be a servant to the Word of God. Whether it works or doesn't work, we are a servant to the Word of God. And by the way, I understand that if you preach the truth of the gospel, everybody's not going to like it. I used to tell my church, I'll bring about 20 people or so into the church every year, but if I preach the, uh, the truth of the Word of God, I'll run off 20 or so people every year. Amen. You know, everybody don't like the King James Bible. Everybody don't like uh, 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 preaching standards and preaching separated. Everybody don't like that. Everybody don't like the kind of music that we have in our church. Everybody's not in favor of that. And they come a time or two and visit, and they see that we're not going uh, to uh, bend to all that stuff. And uh, next thing you know, they're not coming back because they find a church that is more to their liking. I believe that we should become a servant to God's word, whether it works or not. The Bible says it's the foolishness of preaching that wins people to Christ. So I see, first of all, why, Brother Dave, why do you preach the way you do? Number one, because of the danger of the times. Number two, I preach the way I do because of the devotion of the saints. The devotion of the saints. Look at chapter 3 and verse number 10. Paul said in verse number 10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. You have fully known what I've stood for all these, all these years. Devotion of the saints. Brother Dave, why do you preach the way you do? Because my pastor preached the way I do. And I'm not going to turn my back on what he taught me. Amen. I'm going to keep preaching what Dr. Seidler preached from this pulpit all those years ago when I was a Bible college student, and I didn't know any better. I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to do what pastor does. I'm just going to preach the same truths that he preached. I'm just going to stay with the same stuff that he stayed with all of the years of his ministry. I'm going to stay with the same thing for the years of my ministry. Why? Because of the devotion of the saints that went on before me, I cannot turn my back on what they preached. Amen. 
I cannot do it. And I see people doing it. I see young preachers doing it every day. Every day I see it happening in our country across the, uh, leaving the uh, independent fundamental Baptist movement uh, for some uh, uh, recovering whatever. Listen, I'm not recovering from what the Bible always says and what the, the, the saints have always preached. I'm not recovering from that. And I don't think you ought to recover from it either. I don't know if you remember or not, but 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, uh, Paul said to Timothy, a preacher boy, he said, the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Not something different, but the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. When I came to the, when I came here to, uh, to help out with the outreach ministry, and I was asked to take the uh, position as the, the dean of the Bible college. I, I kind of changed my life verse. My life verse used to be Jeremiah 3.15, and I will give you pastors after my heart that will teach you with knowledge and understanding. That used to be my life verse. But then I changed it when I became the dean of the college to 2 Timothy 2.2. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, and I'm talking to the preacher boys, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Hey, let me tell you something. The devotion of the saints keeps me preaching the way I preach. I've looked at some of those old saints of God that have preached the same truth all these years. I'm not going to change. You don't have to worry about Brother Dave being the one to change everything. I'm not going to do it. Brother Dave, why do you preach the way you do? The danger of the times, the devotion of the saints. Number three, because of the dynamics of the scriptures, the dynamics of the scripture. If I look back at chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. I see the scriptures as a source of salvation. Matter of fact, you're not going to get saved outside of the scriptures. Amen. We've got to preach the word of God to them. Amen. We've got to give them the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. If they don't hear that, they're not going to get saved. Salvation is the source. Listen, the scriptures is the source of salvation. We preach on everything but salvation and wonder why we don't see people's lives changed. I tell you, what changes their life is not our uh, philosophies and all that. What changes people's lives is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Changed my life. I believe if you'll give testimony, it probably changed your life as well. Amen. If you want to see people's lives changed, we need to just keep preaching the gospel to them is what we need to do. Amen. Not only is the scriptures the source of salvation, but it's also the source of sanctification. We've quit preaching on being set apart. We've, cre- we've quit preaching on uh, being different from the rest of the world. Listen, God set us apart. We're no longer a child of the devil. We're now a child of God, and we ought to act like a children of God. I've heard that song, uh, and I like the song, I guess, uh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Uh, you probably heard it. Uh, I really don't like it. I mean, I like to hear it because, uh, I don't know, I like the beat and all that. But I think about the theology of it. You know, Paul only one time in Scripture says anything about a sinner being a sinner. 
And that's when he's talking about people getting saved. He said that he was the chiefest of sinners and God still saved him. Did you know that we're not called sinners in the Bible anymore? We're called saints. I believe if you walked around telling everybody you was a saint, they would expect more out of you. Amen. But if we just say, oh, I'm just a sinner, saved by grace, you know what that means? We can excuse the way you live because you're only a sinner. That's why I don't like that. I like the saints are going to go marching in. Amen. Hey, I'm going to march in one of these days. Amen. Was that the... Uh, uh, when they call my number, I, mean, I don't know if you ever heard uh, Curtis Hudson said uh, uh, when uh, he hates, hated to fly, and he said if, you, uh, uh, if he's ever on an airplane and it goes down, he said, look in the tail section. He said, it seemed like every wreck, the tail's still standing. He said that he's going to run to the tail section. Somebody said, uh, Brother Hudson, I don't know why you're so scared to fly. He said, you're not uh, checking out of this world till God calls your number. And he said, I don't want to be on the plane when God calls the pilot's number. <laughs> the dynamics of the scripture. Brother Dave, why do you preach what you do? Why do you preach the way you do? Well, because of the danger of the times, the devotion of the saints, the dynamics of the scriptures. Number four, why do you preach the way you do? Because of the demand of the sovereign, Amen. the demand of the sovereign. Chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Listen, God's the one called me to preach. Amen. I'm not going to go around the congregation and ask everybody, what do you think I should preach? No, God called me to preach, and God puts a message in my heart, and I'm going to preach what God tells me to preach. Why? Right, listen, uh, the demand of the sovereign, preach the word is what he said to do. So I'm just going to preach the word, and there'll be some that won't like it. But there'll be some that will like it. Amen. And it's not up to me to figure out whether you like it or don't. I'm just supposed to preach the word. So that's what I'm going to do. The demand of the sovereign. Let me give you one more. We'll get out of here early today. You like that, huh? See, I told you early at 2 o'clock. I think I can make it. Brother Dave, why do you preach the way you do? Well, the danger of the time makes me preach the way I do. The devotion of the saints that have gone on before me. Some... Uh, uh, gone on before me in ministry or sitting in our congregation today. God forbid that I change what I preach because I'm, sit, I'm preaching in front of some men of God that have been preaching the same thing for a lot longer than I have. Amen. The devotion of the saints, the dynamics of the scriptures, the demand of the sovereign. And then number five, Brother Dave, why do you preach the way you do? Because of the deception of the sensual. The deception of the sensual. Look at verse 3 and 4. The Bible says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. 
and shall be turned unto fables. Why do you preach the way you do? Because there is a deception out there that is drawing people away, drawing young men away by the hundreds. And I'm telling you, if we'll keep preaching the truth of the Word of God, we can keep them from being drawn away by their own lust. There's something about uh, when you start preaching, you want to see your church grow. And, and uh, uh, man, you, uh, I, I had these dreams when I was uh, uh, first started preaching. Uh, it was one of those things where I'll be running 404 years. That was my big goal, you know, 404 years. After two years of preaching, I had 13 on Easter Sunday. Big day, huh? We're going to have a big day on Easter. Y'all brought, invite all your friends. We had 13 after two years of pastoring that church. I told the Lord, we're starting a revival on Monday night after Easter. I told the Lord, if you don't do something in this revival, I'm going to resign and go back to the machine shop. I was a machinist making good money in the machine shop. I'm going to resign the church and go back to the machine shop if you don't do something in this revival. So I invited a different church every night to bring their choir. That way, we'd at least have 20 or 30 people. Amen. Remember, we had 13. And by the way, that's counting me and Jane and both the girls. Yeah. So I figured if I invited a choir to come each night, then we'd have the choir... 15, 20 people in the choir, and some of their husbands and wives and kids, maybe they'll come. So every night during revival, started Monday night, Monday through Friday, we'd have 25, 30 people each night. On Friday night, the guy preached. I don't have any idea what he preached. There was a man in my church that invited two young men to come from the Opportunity Center. My brother was mentally retarded. He worked at the Opportunity Center. And he invited these two boys, young men, to come. They're 20, 22 years old, something like that, from the Opportunity Center. The preacher preached his message, and when he got done, he gave an invitation. Both of those young men came forward to get saved. And God smote my heart. I went to the altar, and I said, Lord, I have totally messed up this ministry thing. I thought because I worked for Dr. Seitler that people would show up just to hear me preach. Huh? Brother Dave, the director of the children's home. You know what? I found out when you leave this part of the country, there's folks over in Kentucky never even heard of Dr. Seitler, much less Brother Dave. I went to the altar. And I got on my face before God, and I said, I'm so sorry. I haven't been studying my Bible. I haven't been knocking on doors. I haven't been telling anybody about Christ. I haven't been passing out tracts. I've been getting my sermons out of the sword of the Lord. I've been looking anywhere to find a sermon outline. And Lord, if you'll just, if you'll just give me one more chance, I'll go out tomorrow and I'll try to win somebody to Christ. And I'll just start uh, studying my Bible and read, and I'll just... Do, what I, do it the way I'm supposed to do it. The Lord blessed that night. I started the next day. Every afternoon when I got off work, I'd go out and knock on doors about an hour or two. We had folks started coming to church, visitors coming. 
Why? Because I was inviting them. Amen. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. People were coming to our church. Why? Because I was inviting them. I found out if you invite enough people, they'll come. Some of them will. And I was inviting them, and they would come forward and get saved. Man, it was exciting. Four months, four months from, the, uh, from Easter Sunday, four months later, the end of August, we had 111 people saved. I baptized 72 people in four months. Amazing revival that God sent there. Why? Because I got right with God. And I decided that I'm just going to preach the truth, whether people like it or don't like it. I'm not going to try to tickle their ears. I'm not going to try to, uh, try to deceive them into coming to the church. I'm just going to preach the gospel. And God bless that thing. Our church went from 13 on Easter Sunday. Four months later, we had 148 in the service that morning. How'd that happen, Brother Dave? God, it wasn't because of me. I showed you what I could do in the two years prior. I showed you what I could do. After two years, we had 13. And three or four of them were already there when I got there. And then me and Jane and the girls made four more. That's what I could do. And then I saw what God could do. And I made up my mind then that for the rest of my ministry, I'm just going to preach what God lays on my heart. And if people like it, praise the Lord. And if they don't like it, praise the Lord. Amen. It's totally up to him. Totally up to him. I want you to know something. Our job or my job as a preacher is spelled out in chapter 4. Verse 2, he says, preach the word. Verse number 5, evangelize the lost. Verse number 10, expose the world. And you know what I've done for the last 30 years? Exactly that. And I don't aim to change. Amen. I'm going to keep doing what God's called me to do, and I'm going to do it the way God called me to do it. Amen. I'm not trying to be like somebody else. I'm just going to be Brother Dave. Amen. T.J. Miller preached a message in chapel when I was here in Bible college. T.J. Miller ran the, uh, the cafeteria, and uh, uh, he preached one night in chapel. He preached, uh, uh, Who'll Be You? That was the title of it. Who'll Be You? Here was the message. If I try to be you, who'll be me? God must need one of me or he wouldn't have made me. Hey, listen, you ought to leave here believing that, that God must need somebody like you or he wouldn't have made you the way he did. You just leave here and you be you, okay? Don't try to be somebody else. And then God can use you. I want God to use me. I want God to bless this ministry here. I really believe that if we'll just preach the word and be faithful to do what has been done from this pulpit all the years that uh, the church has been here since the 50s, if we'll just continue doing what God allowed men to do from this pulpit from then till now, if we'll just keep doing it, I believe God will bless this thing. And that's my plan. Just keep doing whatever God tells me to do. Amen? Let's all stand. Heads bowed, eyes closed.
little different message, I guess, but I hope it was a challenge to those of you that, that preach, certainly to you, and then also a challenge to those of you that God has just called to be a good, a good Christian in the pew, somebody to go out and invite folks to come to the church, and somebody to uh, just stay true to what we've always believed uh, here in this church. Just stay true to it. The challenge is simple. Living it sometimes hard. The challenge is simple. You come as God directs. Do business with the Lord. Brother Hobart's going to sing something for us here. Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see. Wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty. Teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life sweetly echo the gospel call wonderful words of life offer pardon and peace to all wonderful words of life jesus only savior sanctify forever beautiful words wonderful words wonderful words of life beautiful words wonderful words wonderful words of life Christ the blessed one gives to all wonderful words of life sinnerless to the loving call wonderful words of life also freely given wishing us to heaven beautiful words wonderful words wonderful words of life beautiful words wonderful words wonderful words of life father we thank you for the day thank you father for speaking to our hearts and the message this morning i pray lord that you'll help us all to stay by the stuff lord just keep doing what you've called us to do uh, whether it be preaching or uh, teaching a Sunday school class or uh, just uh, being a good faithful member of our church. Uh, Lord, just uh, help us all to stay faithful and continue to do the things that we have been taught to do. Uh, Lord, we love you. We pray, Father, that you'll bless the folks as they travel back to their homes. Uh, Lord, bring us back this evening, uh, expecting a good message from the Word of God again. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless you.